You know, there are really only two types of gifts, aren't there? There are the gifts that we keep and the gifts that we don't. There are the gifts that we open and say, oh, awesome, I wanted one of these. And then there are the gifts that we open and say, I guess I will return that. Or if we don't have the receipt, I guess I am re-gifting that next year. Uh, there are just some gifts that we don't want. And tonight we're going to be talking about uh, potentially one of those gifts. Uh, if you are joining us, uh, we are in the middle of uh, a series on sexuality. We have been seeking biblical clarity on an often blurry subject. And, and over the past couple of weeks, we have been talking about God's ideal for our sexuality. That it isn't heterosexuality, it's holiness. And that practically plays out or expresses itself in two ways. Faithfulness in marriage, uh, which is what we looked at last week, and then chastity in singleness or fleeing sexual immorality. And we're looking at singleness this evening. And, and let's be honest, singleness can be a scary concept. Maybe not for you right now. Uh, a lot of you are young. Getting married is probably the farthest thing from your mind right now. However, as you get older, you may find that this, this sense of dread begins to build up inside of you. What if I don't find someone? What if, what if I don't get married? And to make matters worse, you eventually find out that the Bible talks about this thing called the gift of singleness. And you think to yourself, oh no, what if, what if I have the gift of singleness? What if God spun the spiritual gifts wheel and that's what I ended up with? Well, tonight we're going to look at the passage that, that talks about singleness as a gift and the surrounding context, which is 1 Corinthians 7, 6 through 9. And what I want us to try and understand is this expression of sexuality we call singleness. And I want us to do that through three movements. I want us to, to look at this gift of singleness, um, the goodness of singleness, and then uh, the goal or the use of singleness. Um, and we can confidently say that it's not a spiritual gift because of what a spiritual gift is meant to do. Spiritual gifts are given to the church to build up the body in a specific way. And how does singleness build up the body of Christ in a specific way? It, it doesn't, because it's not a spiritual gift. And so finally, and perhaps most importantly for us to hear, the gift of singleness is not necessarily lifelong. Uh, when we talk about singleness, we aren't talking about celibacy, uh, which is the, the active choice to not marry. Um, uh, think about it. None of you are celibate. None of you are actively choosing not to be married, but all of you are single, right? You're, you're just kind of forced into this lot in life right now. And what I need you to hear is that this lot in life is a gift from God. And that's all the gift of singleness means. There is no mystery. There is no further explanation needed. Singleness, like marriage, is a gift from God. It is a good thing that he has blessed you with. And this kind of frustrates us because it doesn't seem possible that they are equally good gifts. Marriage looks like it must be so much better, especially from a cultural vantage point. To be single seems to mean that you are less than, uh, and perhaps those of you in high school even feel that a little bit. 
Uh, perhaps there's this unspoken pressure to, to move toward marriage or at minimum some type of romantic relationship because if you don't, there must be something wrong with you. And what that type of thinking betrays is that we don't actually believe that singleness is a good gift. And so it's important that we understand how we know that singleness is good. And here's how we know. It's because God is the one who's giving it. So how, and how does that, that reassure us of the goodness of singleness? It's because Scripture reveals to us that God is the most generous gift giver. Uh, it goes so far in James 1.18 to say that every good gift comes down from God, that compared to our concept of goodness and gift giving, our gifts look evil compared to the gifts that God gives us. But there is just something inside of us that doubts that, uh, which is why Romans 8 is perhaps uh, one of the most powerful and therefore one of the most helpful passages for this, this type of topic. Um, I am turning over to Romans chapter 8. Um, I'm going to read verses 28 through 32, but for, for starters, just 28 through 30. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Now, what, what Paul is saying is that everything that God does is for your good. If you are his child, he has your absolute best in mind. And, and I am pretty confident that there was someone on the other end of Paul's letter that was like, well, obviously that isn't true because look at all the difficult things that I'm facing in life, Paul. And so Paul, Paul responds to that. He explains why we know it's true in the last two verses. He says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Please get this. Since God has given us his son, the greatest and most good gift that he could give. Because of that, we can be assured that God will work all out for our best. Jesus is the proof that whatever else God gives us, though it might not seem like it from our vantage point in that moment in time, it is good and for our good. And, and so how does that translate into our, our passage and talk about singleness? Singleness is not greater than or less than marriage. Singleness and marriage are both good gifts from God. Both have trials and difficulties. Both have joys. The question is not whether they are good. The question is whether or not we will recognize their goodness. Which leads me to briefly say a couple of words about using or, or the goal of our singleness. Uh, see, the popular view on singleness is that it is something either to enjoy or to rush past. Either go have fun, mess around, focus on yourself and your enjoyment, or escape from the prison of being single as soon as possible. 
And I hope, I hope you see that that's not what singleness is for. We are to use our singleness to pursue holiness. And, and that, the, the, uh, the practical expression for this is, is chastity, fleeing sexual immorality. But don't, don't just get pigeonholed in the, what you cannot do. Remember, it, if God's ideal for you is holiness, then chastity and singleness is the path that leads to an ideal life. And, and so, so let's land, land the plane here. Singleness is not a holding period. It's not something you graduate from when you are more spiritually mature. And it's not a punishment. You are not lesser if God gives you the gift of singleness now or for a while. Each one of you has a gift. You have this gift right now. The question before you is how are you going to use it? So let me implore you. See your singleness for what it is. It is a good gift from God.